Welcome back, one and all, to the Our Outdoors portion of your weekend. I'm your host, Nick Simonson. Glad to be back with you here and online at NewsDakota.com and DakotaEdge.com. A lot of great information up there. Obviously, the ice season is going to be extended. It's got some cooler temperatures holding that ice in place. We did have a nice little melt, particularly throughout the eastern part of the state in slough country. So there are opportunities for those perch, those pike, those walleyes to get out there where they are available and get more access to those great waters and get out there fishing. A little cooler, some wintry mix stuff going on might make things a little tougher this weekend, which gives you an opportunity to get online and apply for your once-in-a-lifetime tag for elk, moose, and bighorn sheep. Shifting around a little bit there on the tag front, adding 40 tags to the elk choice, you're going to have an opportunity that's increased when you apply for the elk. However, on the moose side of the coin, there's a dip of about 70. You're looking at a decrease in 70 tags available to hunters this year. So get online, gf.nd.gov, under that buy and apply tab. You can put in for your elk, moose, and bighorn sheep. Of course, bighorn sheep numbers will be determined later in the year. Additional big game news is coming out of the western portion of the state. We see an uptick in chronic wasting disease, the prion-based illness that impacts our white-tailed deer and our mule deer herds, particularly out west. We saw, based on the results of the Game and Fish survey of those sampled heads and the tests that were run on them, three new units with three positive tests radiating out from those primary units where we have seen it in the past. So a little bit disturbing there. There's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of non-science-based garbage floating around on blogs and different places. Pay no attention to the dancing bears. We're going to the guys who have the facts, and that's why we're reaching out to Charlie Bonson, North Dakota Game and Fish veterinarian, to learn more right after the break. Welcome back to the show, everyone. If you missed it last week, the bad news coming from out west in North Dakota is North Dakota Game and Fish Department sampling popped three new positives in three new units. To learn more about this development, we're reaching out to Charlie Bonson. He's the North Dakota Game and Fish Wildlife Veterinarian. Charlie, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks. Great to talk to you again, Nick. Yeah, I always wish it was under better circumstances as we're monitoring herd health. For those who haven't caught up, can you summarize the results of the new CWD survey? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we conduct surveillance every year, primarily uh, looking at hunter-harvested animals. And un- unfortunately, this year was kind of like previous years in that we saw kind of a, uh, an increase in the geographical footprint of, of where we know the disease is in the state. So that's one cause for concern. Probably uh, the other cons- cause for concern or thing that we look at is uh, what what are the actual infection rates where we already have it. So overall, uh, we've known that we've got CWD pretty well established in two areas of the state, 3F2, in, uh, which is the south central part of the state, and then 3A1, which is the far northwest. Um, those two areas, uh, you know, hunter harvested mule deer in 3F2, about 5% are infected with CWD. Uh, whitetail's a little bit less, about 3%. And then up in uh, unit 3A1, we actually saw a pretty big jump up about 7% of mule deer uh, harvested there were infected. But in addition to that, you know, kind of in concert with this increasing infection rate, we're starting to see the disease kind of radiate out from there. And, and that was certainly the case this year where we had uh, single detections in, in new units kind of around that, that 3F2 area. So units 3D1, 3E2, and 3C, you know, mule deer bucks uh, came up positive from there as well. So what goes into the process when you get that head and you or another agent of Game and Fish are examining it, and what are the areas of greatest concern that you're looking for? We get samples through a few different 
flows or, or streams. Um, one is just passive drop-off barrels, sort of strategically located around the state. Uh, we also work with meat lockers and taxidermists. But generally speaking, we'll get a, the head of a, of a harvested animal. We'll transport it to our lab, and then we actually extract lymph nodes, which is a little organ kind of at the base of the throat. We send that to a, a lab in Colorado where they do a kind of quick and dirty tests where they just look for the presence of the disease, the, the prions in the lymph nodes. If they get a positive off the quick and dirty test, they'll then examine it through a more comprehensive test where they look at it under the microscope and and look to see, oh, actually there is a confirmed heavy amount of the prion in this lymph node. And, and then that tells us that uh, this deer is infected. Sure. So there's a lot of cues and a lot of great science that goes into it. We're talking with Charlie Bonson, North Dakota Game and Fish Department, wildlife veterinarian. Uh, Charlie, referencing those new positives, getting three at once, I think, uh, psychologically to a hunter is kind of a blow. But they were all, like you said, near those CWD units, so it wasn't unexpected. Uh, But what does that tell you about the spread, or perhaps is that just confirmation of presence? It is kind of important to put single detections in a unit in context. There's sort of these different checkpoints in the progression of the disease. Um, the, the first would be when you find kind of those first positive deer in the unit. That tells you pretty strongly that, look, there's a reason to be concerned. There's a pretty good reason to think that the disease is established in, in low prevalence. With time, over a number of years, uh, that disease will kind of incubate and start to get into those low to mid prevalences that kind of 5 to 10% prevalence, that's a cause for concern too because that means you're you're rapidly approaching this point where you can expect uh, pretty significant jumps in, in the infection rates in, in subsequent years. So that'd be the next checkpoint. And then the final checkpoint is sort of this high prevalence time where you have such a heavy amount of disease out there. You know, we hope that we're quite a ways out for that threshold. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. One thing, though, I think that folks do recognize immediately is changes in regulations. What are you anticipating now with so many Western North Dakota units with positive CWD cases? What sort of restriction changes can hunters expect? And are you expecting most of that to be all of the units in Western North Dakota? Great question, Nick. Hunters are probably familiar with two major categories of restrictions resulting from CWD. One is transportation restrictions. The other would be baiting restrictions. The way that our department puts those into place is we we tend to institute a baiting restriction in units where we've confirmed the disease is. And then we put in place baiting restrictions in any unit that's within 25 miles of a previous detection. And that's a detection whether it's in a neighboring state or within North Dakota. The 2022 proclamation signed by the governor actually just came out yesterday, and and there are units added to that. Baiting restrictions uh, are now applied to, uh, in addition to where they were in the past, uh, we added both sides of the river of Unit 3C, uh, Units 3D1 and 3D2, uh, Unit 1, and then Unit 2B, in addition to what we've had in the past. So that really is, you know, 2B obviously is on the east side of the state, but on the west side, it's it's most units except for 3B2, which is kind of along the, the south side of the uh, Lake Sakakawea. As far as transportation restrictions, basically three new units were added, unit 3D1, 3E2, and 3C. And then for the handful of folks that hunt in, in uh, elk unit E6, that was actually also added to the list. Yeah, so we're seeing a darkening of that map when it comes to bait. How far away are we from banning baiting for deer in all of North Dakota? Unfortunately, there's not really a straightforward answer. Our department's kind of in a a tough place where we have to look at the known disease risk and weigh that against 
the the wishes of the hunting public. And right now, our our, our approach is that it, it makes the most sense to just do a unit by unit um, addition based off of where we know the disease is. Um, again, trying to balance known risk with you know the interest of of hunters. We're talking with Charlie Bonson, North Dakota Game and Fish Wildlife Veterinarian. Charlie, when we talk about the science behind this, it's very robust. There's been a lot of studies, but a lot of folks, you know, they'll say, hey, I see 150 deer on the side of the interstate as I'm driving back and forth. They're all herded up. Why aren't they transmitting CWD? How real is this? Speak to that point. We see that herding of deer. Does that impact the spread of CWD as well, or is baiting the greater concern? And I can agree. Every time I've uh, driven on I-94, I'll, I'll see a couple of those groups and, and think, man, that's that's not a good situation. And, and absolutely, um, that is that, that is a high-risk situation where we know that there is a risk of disease transmission right there. You know, we know that this is a disease that spreads through direct contact, you know, animal to animal and indirect contact through um, contact with uh, bodily fluids from an animal. And so anytime that lots of animals are in close proximity, there is a risk for disease transmission. There's no doubt about that. And as managers, uh, as the game and fish, we we look at kind of all the, the risk out there and, and realize that we can't control all of it. And, and uh, this time of year and in, in the winter that we've had, and especially in the eastern part of the state, there's certainly some risky situations out there. But we also kind of look at it and say, well, what is within our control? What are we as hunters doing that's maybe prolonging the window where those sorts of situations are happening? And you don't have to go very far down that path to where you start to look at baiting and, and realize that it really mimics those high-risk behaviors that occur through portions or through part of the the calendar cycle. That's right. Every little bit helps. We're wrapping up with Charlie Bonson, North Dakota Game and Fish Department, wildlife veterinarian. Charlie, finally, let's talk about that Unit 2B. You referenced it along the Red River with CWD case found near Climax, Minnesota. What did the sampling find, kind of that last-minute sampling from hunter-submitted heads in 2B? We ended up testing, I think it was a little over 90 deer in, in Unit 2B. 2B is a really big unit compared to a lot of those other eastern units. Fortunately, we didn't find it in the, the 90 or so that we tested. Ultimately, if you apply statistics to it, that, that suggests there's about a 64% chance that, that we don't have it. And, and so that's kind of a pretty low percentage great we got that far in terms of confidence really what we'll try to do is complement that with another year or two of testing animals and and hopefully long term we can just scratch our heads and and say that that was an isolated situation you know we are working with uh minnesota on the other side of the river they they tested i think it was a couple hundred and and they haven't found it in any other deer either so that's really positive and and hopefully together we can kind of again uh, suggest that that it's sort of an isolated situation yeah fingers crossed that is the case charlie we thank you for all the work that you do in keeping our deer herd safe and most importantly thanks for being on the show all right thanks a lot nick so while the information from charlie is very good in regard to the spread of cwd the news obviously is not great we're looking at the spread of a disease that you know in a long-term scenario is going to do some damage to any herd that it's attached to it's going to get in there it's going to affect uh, the life 
of a deer. And, you know, there's a lot of anti-science and, and there's a lot of anti-logic type stuff that's floating around on the web right now. You got to focus on the facts and data. And that's why we reach out to folks like Charlie to help us protect the resource. Learn more at gf.nd.gov. There's a CWD page. It'll get you the information that you need. That wraps up the show for this week, folks. Have a safe and enjoyable weekend out there. Take a kid fishing and have a good time. And if you do, I'll see you in our outdoors.